to glory land. It won't be long until I take the hand of Jesus Christ with a great big smile. We'll sit right down and talk a while. Charles Watson was born again on May 23, 1975, at the California Men's Colony. His transformation can best be described as amazing grace. Here's one of his messages from his early years of ministry. Tonight we're going to be talking about sores of God's Word, being sores of God's Word. I tell you, that's what life is all about, the Christian life, sowing God's Word. Now look with me first tonight, if you would, over in the book of Galatians. I've got to share this scripture here with, with you. Sowers of God's Word. In Galatians chapter 5, verse number 25. 5.25, which says, if we live in the Spirit. How many have we got living in the Spirit in here tonight? you're born again you're living in the spirit but it says if you live in the spirit if you're a born again Christian living in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit let us walk in the spirit walking in the spirit bears fruit amen walking in the spirit bears fruit but it says, if you live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Did you know there's demons around here that's trying to keep you from walking in the Spirit? There's demons around here that's trying to inhibit you and try to get you to not sing the way you should sing. There's demons around here trying to get you to not witness the way you should witness. In other words, it's one thing to live in the Spirit, and it's another thing to walk in the Spirit. Living in the Spirit is a spiritual thing, but walking in the Spirit is a physical thing. Amen? Are you with me? Living in the Spirit is in the Spirit, and walking in the Spirit is a physical walk in the Spirit. But there are demons that attack your mind. They try to take over your heart. They try to take over your soul and try to get you to walk in the flesh. And if you're walking in the things of the flesh, the works of the flesh, as Galatians are talking about here, such things as idolatry, envying, and jealousies, and strife, and seditions, and all kinds of hearsays, and all kinds of divisive type spirits. If you're walking and letting those kind of thoughts rule your heart, you're not going to be walking in the Spirit. In other words, you're being overcome by the things, by the works of the flesh. You're living in the Spirit, but you're not walking in the flesh, walking in the Spirit. Galatians 6, on down there, in verse number 7, it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you do not walk in the Spirit, you are not going to be sowing spiritual things, and therefore you're not going to be reaping spiritual things. But if you... Walk in the Spirit and sow spiritual things, you will reap spiritual things. Amen. That's why it says in the next verse there, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So this tells me something. This tells me that if I'm living in the Spirit, I need to be walking in the Spirit before I will be reaping spiritual things. So that goes on to tell me that I need to do something to walk in this world and bear spiritual fruit. And that is take authority over the demons that are trying to attack my mind and get me to walk in the flesh. Do you hear me tonight? There are things in this world every day, temptations, trials, and tests, and all kinds of devised spirits that would try to get you to walk in the flesh. And if we allow those things to take place in our life, we won't be walking in the Spirit. 
And unless we walk in the Spirit planting spiritual seeds, we're not going to be reaping a spiritual harvest. But if we walk and plant spiritual seeds, the Word of God, we will be reaping a spiritual harvest. Amen? So it's very important that we walk in the Spirit. Over in Proverbs 23, 7, I don't expect you to turn to it, but it says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. In other words, this tells me what you sow in your heart, and as you think in your heart, determines how you're going to walk. Are you with me? What you plant in your heart and what you sow in your heart and what you allow to be in your heart, that's the way you're going to be. Also, Jesus says in Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So that tells me what I sow in my heart, that's what I'm going to be speaking. So I want you to see that what you have in your heart determines how you're going to walk. And not only how you're going to walk, but how you're going to talk. So that kind of tells me that I need to begin to renew my heart with the Word of God. And take control and authority over the works of the devil. Amen. See, you're a spirit. The real you inside of you is a spirit. And you have a mind, a soul, and a heart that you need to take control of and renew by the Word of God so that that Spirit will be released out into your physical body and so that you'll begin to walk and talk right. What I'm saying here tonight is that what you do with your heart and what you do in renewing your mind and what you do in taking authority and control over the devil determines how you're going to walk. So it's very important to have the Word of God ruling in your heart. Jesus goes on to say, A good man out of good treasures of his heart bringeth forth good fruit. If you have a heart that is full of good treasure, you're going to bring forth good fruit. But it says, Out of the evil treasures bringeth forth evil things. So it means that whatever you have in your heart is what you're going to bring forth. If you sow bad things in your heart you're going to reap bad things. If you allow Satan to come in and take over your heart, you're going to speak bad things. If you allow Satan to come in and take over your thought life, you're going to reap bad things. I'm trying to stress the importance right now that what you do with your heart, your mind, and your soul, and what you give your will to in this life determines how you walk. It's very important what you do with your heart and what you do with your day every day and what you give yourself to, what you give your thought life to. Turn with me, if you would, over in James. James chapter 3, beginning with verse number 10. We know that James had been writing about the tongue and how unruly it is. And James tells us that we need to speak good things, that we need to do good things with our tongue. Now we've heard Jesus say, who was the half-brother of James, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And then James, Jesus' his brother here, says, Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursings. My brother, these things ought not to be. If your mind is filled with half and half, half word and half you, you're going to be one minute bringing out blessings and the next minute you're going to be bringing out cursings. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Do any of you catch yourself in that predicament? Half and half. Maybe some of you are 60-30. Maybe some of you are 75-25, 75% word coming out of your mouth, out of your heart, and 25% cursings coming out of your heart. Maybe you're 50-50. He says these things are not to be. 
James is saying here through the anointing of the Holy Spirit that we need to speak blessings. So let's back up. How do we speak blessings? Well, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So we got to take care of our heart. Amen. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What happens in your heart determines what takes place in your walk and what takes place in your talk. Do you see how important it is for the Word of God to be in control of your heart? Your walk and talk is determined by what takes place in your heart. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. But between you living in the Spirit and between you walking in the Spirit is a heart. And if you allow that heart to be filled with cursings, it will quench the Holy Ghost that lives inside of you and your walk won't be worth a hill of beans. Cursings will come out. If you let Satan control your heart, Satan and his works will come out. If you let the works of the flesh control your mind, the works of the flesh will come out. If you let the Word of God control your mind, the Word of God and blessings and seeds of God will begin to come out. I'm saying tonight that if you let the Word of God rule every area of your heart life, you will begin to plant the Word of God. Listen to me. Don't look over here. If you plant the Word of God in your heart, you will begin to plant the Word of God outwardly in your life. So that means that we need to let the Word of God take control of our heart. Go on with me here if you would. Verse 11. Doth a fountain send forth at the same time sweet water and bitter Answer that question, does it? It doesn't, does it? It just sends forth sweet, doesn't it? Or bitter. Whatever's coming out of that. Not both. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? Bears figs, doesn't it? It doesn't bear olives. It says either a vine, figs. No, figs don't come off a vine. So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh water. Those things ought not to be, in other words. Who is a wise man? Now, if you want to be wise and endued with knowledge or intelligence, whoever among you that wants to be wise with intelligence, this is what you do. Let him show out of a good conversation or a good manner of life his works with mercy or humility of wisdom. If you want to be a wise man tonight, let blessings come out of your life and show humility of wisdom. Jesus Christ, the Word, is a perfect example of what humility of wisdom is all about. goes on to say, but if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. See, if you're living in the Spirit and you have the Spirit inside of you and you allow lies or you allow envy and strife and jealousy to come into your heart, you know what that is? That's a lie. That's Satan coming to try to steal, kill, and destroy and to rip you off with some lie. It's a lie against the truth. It goes on to say, This wisdom, the wisdom that lies against the truth, descendeth not from above. In other words, it's not from the heavenly wisdom of God, but it is earthly, it's sensual, and it's devilish. It's demonic, in other words. For where envying or jealousy and strife and contentions is, there is confusion in every evil work. If you let envy and strife and contentions and backbitings and jealousies and all the works of the flesh rule your heart... You know what will come out? Envying and strife and jealousies and all the works of the flesh. And you will not be producing the kingdom of God in this world. If you are not letting the kingdom of heaven and the thoughts of the word of God control your mind, you will not be planting the seeds of God. You are sores of God's word. And what you do with your heart determines, see, what kind of seeds you sow. You can go sow seeds of Satan if you want. Just let the devil, just let the devilish, sensual, worldly things of this world control your heart and you'll see there's confusion in every evil work. You have the opportunity to do it here daily. 
For where envying strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But here's the wisdom. Here's the wisdom here we are to walk in. This is the wisdom. This is the word that is to rule our heart right here in verse number 17. You want to know, what do I need to be like to be a Christian? What do I need to let to rule my heart as a Christian? It says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure. The word of God that God wants you programmed with or renewed with is pure. It's peaceable. That word peaceable there means peace-loving, peace-loving, peace-loving thoughts in your mind, gentle. In other words, it's courteous. It's easy to be entreated. That might be hard for you to understand. What that means, it yields to reason. It yields to reason. It's full of mercy or compassion and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. In other words, it's without insincerity. And that without partiality means that it's free from doubt. That's the kind of wisdom that descendeth down from above. That's the Jesus kind of wisdom. That's the God kind of wisdom. Brother, that's the fruit of the word. Amen. Now looky here in the next verse. And the fruit of righteousness... And the harvest of righteousness. How many want to harvest or how many want to reap the fruit of righteousness? How many want to reap the fruit of righteousness? Every one of you do. But a lot of us are reaping some fruit of unrighteousness too in our life. Amen. If you sow unrighteousness, you will reap the fruit of unrighteousness. But it says here, and the fruit of righteousness or the harvest of righteousness. How do you get a harvest of righteousness? It said it is sown in peace of them that make peace. If you're going to have a harvest of righteousness, you're going to sow that in peace. You're going to sow it in purity. You're going to sow it in peaceableness. You're going to sow it in gentleness. You're going to sow it in yielding to reason. You're going to sow it in compassion and good fruits without doubt and without insincerity. Amen. Do you see that? Did I explain that for you good enough? If you're going to reap a harvest of righteousness, it's going to be sown in peace. It's going to be sown with a mind or a heart that is taken over in peace. Remember what the scriptures say up here about the heart here. But if envying and bitter envyings and strifes are in your heart, glory not. It's in your heart is where it counts. Over in the book of Colossians, verse number 15, if you would. A scripture that meant so much to Bruce and I here a while back. Brother, I tell you, we got caught up in this scripture here and got to singing it and everything else. And he could probably still sing that song. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 15. It says, and let the peace of God, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. The peace of God must rule in your hearts. The peace of God, say that, the peace of God rules my heart. The peace of God must rule your heart. You say, Charles, what is the peace of God? Well, Jesus is the peace of God. Salvation is the peace of God. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus must rule your heart. The peace of God is the Word of God. The Word rules your heart. Amen. The Word is to rule your heart. Remember we said whatever rules your heart depends on what kind of fruit you're bearing. The Word of God must rule our heart. Let the peace of God rule our heart. The Word of God brought peace. Amen. Jesus brought peace. Jesus brought peace. The Word of God. You say, Charles, what is the Word? I hear all this stuff about the Word. The Word is for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
The Word of God says that Jesus Christ came as the Word of God, as the Word made flesh. He came and took control of demons. He came and took control of sickness. He went down into the grave and descended for you and me and resurrected and gave life and poured out His Holy Ghost, which is the Word of God, which is the life of God. That faith in the resurrection is what needs to rule your heart. The peace of God, the resurrection, the gospel of peace brought peace. Amen. Brought peace to all mankind. See, what needs to rule your heart is faith that Jesus Christ gave us the victory through his resurrection. And if that rules your heart, anytime any envying, anytime any divisions, anytime any strife, anytime any fruits of works of the flesh comes at you, immediately you'll say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, the resurrection rules my heart, the resurrection rules my mind, the resurrection rules my soul, the word of God is my will, and I'm not going for your will, I'm not going for your thinking, I'm not doing anything for you because I have faith in what Jesus did, he came to rescue me from sickness he came to rescue me from sin he came and put the Holy Ghost in me and gave me faith to believe that you and your works are destroyed in the name of Jesus letting the peace of God rule your hearts and when you let the peace of God rule your hearts and rule over the works of the flesh when you let what has taken place in your spirit rule your mind and rule your thinking, then you will begin to see that as you plant the Word of God, it will take effect in the lives of mankind. See, the heart is sort of like a door. The heart is the, one of the areas of your soul, like the mind is. And if you let someone else control that door there, they're going to lock the Holy Ghost inside of you. And those demons can lock that door and quench that spirit. But what Jesus came along and done, he opened that door up. Amen. As he convicted you, he opened that door up and you said, come on in, glory to God. And you got born again. But brother, you got to keep that door open. And you keep that door open by faith in Jesus Christ. You keep that door open by faith in the Word of God. You keep that door of your mind and your soul and your heart open by continuing to believe by faith in what Jesus did at Calvary. And as you keep that door open, that Holy Ghost that's inside of you will jump through that door. It'll jump out on your lips. And as you, as you are in your heart, so will you be on the outside. Your body will begin to be walking and bearing the fruits of the Holy Ghost. Because that door of your heart will be open to release the Holy Ghost into this world. And it will plant the seed of God that lives down inside of you. The word tells us that you've been born not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. Brother, you have an incorruptible seed down inside of you. And that seed that is down inside of you, one of the ways it comes out is through the words of your mouth. Amen. And as the words of your mouth comes out that door of your heart, and as you speak forth the word of God, you plant that word in the lives of other men. Some of you are getting the word planted in you tonight. You're coming into new revelation knowledge of what the word of God is all about. You're seeing tonight. You're waking up tonight because the word is being planted in your heart tonight. Glory to God. And you're waking up that you need to keep control of your heart by faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You don't just do it one minute and have blessings and not do it another minute and have cursings. You do it all the time. Every waking minute of the day, you keep control of your heart by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because you're to plant the word of God. You're to go and tell people the truth. You're to go and tell people to continue in the word of God. Because when you continue in the Word of God, you become a disciple. You become a disciplined one. And when you become a disciplined one, you're knowing the truth. And that truth constantly keeps you free. It constantly keeps that door of your heart open so that the seeds of God can come out and be planted in this world and begin to grow and bring forth life. Amen? Glory to God. 
Because you know that if the Son shall make you free, you're free indeed, glory to God. You can jump and shout and talk the word of God, walk the word of God, and every demon from hell will have to flee from you because the heart of your life, your door is open to Jesus, and the word of God is hitting him right in the face every time he comes, and you got the full armor of God on. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Psalms 107.20 says in prophecy, that Jesus sent his word and delivered us and healed us from all our destruction. He sent Jesus to deliver. Amen. And then he put the word of God inside of us. And Jesus said, as my father has sent me, even so send I you. He sends us with his word as he sent Jesus to deliver people. He sent us by his word. And when people hear our word, the word of Jesus coming out of our mouth, it sets them free because they begin to believe in faith in the word of God. And faith cometh by hearing the word of God. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus sent us with the word. And that word ministers a message. And those seeds that going forth is love. The word is love. The word is love. Jesus is love. God is love. Amen. And as you keep the door of your heart open by keeping all that bitter envying and strife in that wants to bring forth cursings in your life and quench the Holy Ghost, as you keep that door open, you will continue to put forth love because the love of God is shed abroad through your heart by the power of the Holy Ghost that lives inside of you. Romans 5, 5 comes forth through your heart. You got the door open. No demon in hell is quenching your spirit by any means. You're not grieving the spirit. You're allowing Jesus, faith in Jesus, to rule every area of your life. We're planting the word into the hearts of mankind. So making peace. Fruits and harvest of righteousness is coming forth because that harvest was sown in peace and it was making peace because the peace of God was ruling our heart. It was sown in peace. And because of the peace that it was sown in, peace came back. The peace of Jesus. Amen. The word of God, the life of God that was planted in the Garden of Eden. The life of God that was planted in Jesus. The life of God that was planted in us as the yoke of bondage and destruction and Satan's clenches was taken off of us through the resurrection. The life of God was in us and is in us. And it comes out in us as we walk in faith and let the peace of God rule our heart. Let Jesus rule our heart in every area of our life. Over in the book of Mark, Chapter 4, Mark chapter 4, Jesus begins to tell us the parable of the sower. He says a sower went out to sow, he sowed some of his seeds. Just picture that sower going forth with his bag of seeds, sowing that seeds and throwing those seeds out in that ground. He said some of those seeds that he threw out fell upon the wayside. Some fell upon the stony ground. Some fell upon the farns and some fell upon the good ground. He said he that has an ear, let him hear. He wants you to hear what it means to sow seeds. He wants you to know about the principle of sowing seeds. And he says here in verse number 14, he says, The sower soweth the word. Brother, you're a sower today. You are one that sows the word. You sow the word of God in this world. You sow life in this world. You sow truth in this world that sets men free. You sow love in this world. The love of God. Amen. You sow the love of God in this world. 
You're planting the love of God in this world. And you know Satan hates that. Satan hates you sowing the word of God. He wants to try to get you to fear. He wants to try to rip you off in every way to keep you from being the sower that you need to be. He says, and there are they, and, and these are they by the wayside. He's explaining the parable now. He says, these are the seeds that went by the wayside. Where the word is sown, fell off to the side. But when they have heard... The word was heard. It says Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown. Where? In their hearts. Satan came and tried to take it away from the hearts. And he did take it away from the hearts. Goes on to say. And these are likewise which are sown in the stony ground. Who when they have heard the word immediately they receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a while afterwards when afflictions and persecutions arise for the word's sake immediately they are offended the word that fell in the heart of the waysided heart satan came and ripped them off immediately the word that came and fell upon the heart that was stony, immediately there was no root. And when persecutions and tribulations came for the word's sake, they got ripped off. Goes on to say, and these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, they heard the word, see, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. The cares of this world. The cares. That word in the Greek means the mental sufferings. The grief. Oppression of mind, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, other things than Jesus entering in to choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. We daily have word planted in our heart, amen. But immediately when it's planted, Satan tries to come along and rip you off. Because he knows that if he can rip the word out of your heart, he can make you unfruitful. See the importance of having your heart ruled by faith in Jesus Christ when Satan comes. And then he says, they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, they receive it and they bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. You notice there that it didn't say Satan did anything. Amen. I believe these people that are bringing forth fruit 100-fold from word that is planted in their heart, I believe the fruit of the Holy Ghost is coming out of them. And when Satan comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against Satan and they are held on their full armor of God. The ones that bring forth 100-fold are walking a victorious life 100% and Satan is not able to rip them off one bit. Amen. It's what you do with your heart. If you let Satan come in and take up away the word that is sown in your heart, you're not going to bear any fruit. If you allow the persecutions and the afflictions that you sometimes receive for the word's sake, and if you get immediately offended, and your old heart gets all quenched and downtrodden because of that. It will quench your spirit and the spirit will not come out. Amen. If you allow the lust of this world and the flesh of this world to come in and take control of your heart, you won't have any fruit. But brother, if you let it be sown on good ground and if it's sown on good ground, brother, you're going to have control over Satan and ruling him and 100 fold is going to be coming out. Glory to God. It says, and he said unto them, is a candle brought, bought to be put under a bushel? Do you see that? 
The candles, the light, the candles, the word, the candles, the light, the candle, the spirit of, of man is the candle of the Lord, it says in Proverbs. You're the candle of the Lord, my brother. Is it bought to be put under a bushel? Is it bought to allow Satan to come in and just cover the light up? No, it's not, is it? You didn't get saved. You didn't get bought by the blood of Jesus Christ to just allow Satan to come in and put out your light immediately after you get saved. It's not bought to be put underneath a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick. For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifest, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. Abroad. The Holy Spirit wants to be shed abroad in your life and not let a bushel over that light. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear, my brother. Don't listen to the devil. How many listen to the devil a little bit? If you listen to him immediately when he starts talking to you, resist him in the name of Jesus by the word of God, by the power of the blood of Jesus and the word of your testimony. Amen. Put him behind you. Get thee behind me, Satan. Amen. He says, with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. Amen. For he that hath to him shall be given, and he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he hath. And he said, so is the kingdom of God. Here's the kingdom of God. As if a man should cast seed into the ground. That's the principle of the kingdom of God. Casting seed, casting seed into the ground. Casting seed into your own heart, casting seed into the hearts of man, casting the word of God, casting the life of God, casting the love of God into mankind. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. And should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. See, the intention for that seed that you plant is to go out and to spring up and grow up. Amen. Not to go out and pull up. Satan wants to come along and pluck up the seed. He wants to come and rot the seed. He wants to bring forth so much rain that it washes up the seed. He wants to bring forth so much temptations and cares of this world that the seed is no good. He don't want a good crop to come forth in your life. For the earth or the heart bringeth forth fruit of herself. First the blade, then the ear, and after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth immediately, he putteth in the sickle because the harvest is come. Amen. Planting seeds and harvesting. Planting seeds and reaping. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. One day there's going to be a great reaping. Amen. Jesus is going to come and he's going to reap his seed. He's going to reap his crop. And he said, where unto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth is less than all seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all herds and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you see that? A little old seed, brother. If you plant a little old seed, if you plant a little old seed, brother, just as a mustard seed, it's going to grow up and spring forth, and it's going to be a mighty tree, so the fowls and the birds of the air and the demons of the air aren't going to come and nest in that tree. They're going to rest under that tree, glory to God, because you're going to be a tree planted by the rivers of living water. The fowls of the air are going to be under the tree. Amen. The demons of this world are going to be under you. The demons of this world are underneath your feet. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. 
That's what the kingdom of God is like. Paul tells us in Colossians 1, 13, you don't have to turn to it. He says that we have been translated up out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. Glory to God. Begin to get that picture that you're resurrected up with Jesus, that you have authority and power over the demons of this world because the seed of God has been planted inside of you. And now because of your faith in what Jesus has done in resurrecting you, you have power and authority and have been given all power over every demon of hell and they have to rest under you. Cannot climb up on you and build a nest in your hair. Somebody once said, I don't know who it was, I might have heard it from one of you. Somebody said just because the birds fly overhead don't mean that you have to allow them to build a nest in your hair. Amen? Well, that's exactly right. You don't have to allow them to build a nest there. When those old demons come at you, spat them down in the name of Jesus by faith in the blood of Jesus. Amen? Take authority over them. You have authority by faith. By faith, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen? The truth that you know makes you free, and you know the truth. Jesus has defeated the works of the devil. Amen? And you walk by faith in that defeat. You walk by faith in that victory. You walk by faith in that you have power to overcome by the Word of God and by the Word of your testimony. Got to talk it. Got to know it. Got to know the Word. The Word sets you free. Glory to God. I'm not through yet. Over in 720 of Mark. Just flip on over. 720. And he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of man, proceeds evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, murders, thieves, covenantists, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolish look, and these things cometh forth from within and defile the man. Brother, if you let those works of the flesh come in and defile you, brother, the seed of God is not going to be coming out and you're not going to be doing any works for Jesus. You're not going to be planting any seeds because all these evil works here is going to defile the seed. It's going to rot the seed. And glory to God, you don't have to let it. You don't have to let these works of the flesh rule you. You take authority that you have in the name of Jesus. As Jesus did in Matthew chapter 4, you will remember if you'll turn with me to Matthew 4, Jesus got full of the Holy Ghost. He knew he was from the Father. He knew who he was. He knew what he had. And he knew that he was victorious. And he knew what he came to do. Do you know that today? Do you know who you are and what you're here on earth to do? You're not here to just work nine to five and make a living. You're here to take control and authority over the works of the devil, just as Jesus did. He said, as I am, so are you in this world. Amen? 1 John 4, 17, I believe. Jesus here, here's the way he was. He was led by the Spirit. Then Jesus... Matthew 4, 1, led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. How did Jesus overcome? Fasted 40 days and 40 nights. He was hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made into bread. But he answered and said, Man shall not live. Brother, if you want to live in the Spirit, here's what you do. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Brother, you got to live the word in your spirit. you got to live the word in your heart. you got to live the word of God in your outward actions. You live and walk by the word of God. Amen. Jesus told him the truth, and the truth set Jesus free. Glory to God. Didn't take him. Devil came again. If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest if any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. He was trying to get Jesus to jump off and kill himself. Jesus said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Jesus quoted Deuteronomy 6.16. And I tell you, if the Word of God was good enough for Jesus to quote, it's good enough for me to quote, glory to God. And I'm not going to be tempted by that old devil. He may come, but glory, he's going to flee because I'm going to be resisting him by the Word of God. 
James 4, 6 says, submit yourself to God, draw nigh to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Amen? Resisting him by the word of God as Jesus did. Again, the devil taketh him up, showed him the kingdoms of the world, and said unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. And then Jesus said unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Amen. Then the devil leaved him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Brother, I tell you what, if you resist the devil by the word of God, Satan will split. He'll leave, and then God will send his angels to minister to you, and you'll be washed in the Holy Ghost. You'll be free from the power of Satan. You'll be free from the works of the devil. You'll be free from the things that he wants to put on your old head and quench you down but you'll be ministered to by God and you'll walk out in the Holy Ghost and plant seeds as a sower is supposed to. Amen? In this world. You're sowers of God's word. But to sow it you got to be walking in agreement and obedience with the word of God in faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Satan cometh to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly. Amen. Walking in that abundant life. Walking in the love of God. Amen. Renewing our mind. A scripture that comes to mind, just listen and see if this will be home to you. He says, Paul says, I beseech you in Romans 12, 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And not be conformed to this world in your mind, amen? But be renewed in your mind by the Word of God, amen? So that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You want to prove what the will of God is in your life by walking the Word of God, by presenting the Word of God, the will of God, to witness the Word of God. You don't let your mind be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind to what the Word of God says. And the Word, you will be in agreement with the Word in your mind, and the Word will come out, and it will be planted 100 fold in the ground and you'll get it 100 fold back glory to God amen hallelujah with the full armor of God on walking in your breastplate of righteousness right standing with God Jesus walking with your loins girded about with truth that has set you free walking with your helmet of salvation knowing the truth knowing the salvation of God Walking with your feet shrouded with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Taking your shield of faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ so that no dark demon from hell is going to get into you. And then with the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, glory to God, moving out in your life, planting and sowing the Word of God with your sword of the Spirit in this world. I believe we can use the sword as a plow, amen, and plant the Word of God with prayer always in the Spirit, amen. Glory to God. Paul went on to say, praying that I will have utterance to bring forth the word of God. If you're going to bring forth the word of God and plant the word of God and utter and speak the word of God in this world, you've got to be walking victorious. You can't be walking in defeat. Defeat will only rot the seed of God that lives inside of you and it will not come out in force. Will not come out in power. That's why it's so important to live a sanctified and separated life 100%. Because if you don't, I don't care how good you can play. I don't care how good you can sing. I don't care how good you can preach. I don't care how good you can witness. It's not going to have power if you're not walking up your life. Not going to have power. Paul said, I didn't speak the word of God in word only, but I spoke the word of God in the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The power of the Holy Ghost. Having power in the lives of mankind. I could preach all night long. We're to meditate on the Word. Joshua 1 8, day and night. We're to be sober. We're to be vigilant. We're to be steadfast. The adversary, the devil, he walketh about like a roaring lion, seeking to whom he may devour. But Peter said, whom resists steadfast in the faith. Glory to God. Resist the devil in the faith. 
Hallelujah. Satan tries to come in and prevent the word of God from going forth. I think you're in the book of Matthew. Flip over one chapter. Matthew chapter 5. Verse 13 says this. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savor, how does the salt lose its savor? By you letting Satan come in and rip you off. That's how the salt loses its flavor. I believe, or savor there, I believe that that salt is the love of God moving out in you. Wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing. Your salt has lost its savor. If it's lost its ingredients, the word of God inside of you is being quenched and rotted before it gets out of you and planted in this world. It's good for nothing. But to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. But a candlelight, but a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. It says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The light of God is inside of you and it wants to shine and it wants to glorify God. It wants to plant the Word of God. It wants to shine and show forth good works unto men in every way. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says that we're ambassadors in this world. An ambassador does this. Bear with me here. An ambassador sows the Word of God. An ambassador sows the love of God. An ambassador sows the truth of God. An ambassador sows the Spirit of God. An ambassador sows the, the seeds of God. An ambassador sows the kingdom of heaven. An ambassador sows love, peace, joy, things to be easy and treated, things that are pure, peaceable, lovely, and kind, and everything that a Christian is. Amen. An ambassador is a man that is God's man. An ambassador is one that is sent from one country to another country with God, with the goods of the head of the country. He is sent to the other country with authority from that country. He is sent from that other country to speak for that country. Amen. He is sent to that other country to do the works of that country. And the country that we're from is God's country. And we're sent forth as ambassadors from God to plant the word of God and the counsel of God and the will of God in this world. Amen. That's what we're here for. It says, And all things, verse 18, are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. He's brought us to himself by Jesus Christ. But also, he's not only brought you to God to sit down on the church pew and to never do anything else. He didn't bring you to God for that. He didn't bring you to himself for that. He brought you to God for this reason. Now, you consider this tonight, okay? He brought you to God for this reason. Because he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. He has given us a word to plant in this world. He has given us a word to plant. He has given us Jesus to plant. He has given us the love of God, so love the world that he gave his only begotten son, because that only begotten son that came and resurrected, he came and reconciled, he came and made things right, between God and mankind he came and brought mankind to God and lifted them up with his love amen and we do what Jesus did we do what Jesus did by going and telling people what Jesus did 
Amen. We go and tell people the word of God. And this is the word of God. Okay. Now then we are ambassadors of Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for he hath made Jesus. God has made Jesus to be sin for us. Jesus, he knew no sin that we might be made right with God. That's the simple message of Jesus Christ. It's not complicated. It's simple. Jesus made us ambassadors in the next chapter. Chapter 6, verse 16 tells us that we are temples of God. God dwells in us and that we are his people. Lord said to me, he says, Charles, he says, you're a temple of my love. You're a temple of me. And if you're a temple of me, you're a temple of love. Amen. Say that tonight. Say, I'm a temple of God. Therefore, I'm a temple of love. I'm to love my brother. I'm to hug my brother. I'm to plant good seed in my brother. Because my brother has a heart. And he needs seeds of love planted in that heart. He's a son of God. And I'm going to plant good seeds in my brother. I'm not going to plant demonic seeds. I'm going to plant good seeds in my brother. I'm going to plant good seeds into the heart of men that don't know Jesus. I'm the temple of God in this world. We're the body of Christ. And we're to go forth now and plant good seeds as kings and priests and joint heirs with Christ. And bring the world God's message that Jesus Christ came to set men free. And to give them eternal life where they were dead and sick and unhealthy. He has now brought health and salvation and healing to all the world. Glory to God. By believing and having faith in what Jesus Christ did. To end this message tonight I have one more scripture in chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians. Chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians says this, 9 verse 6, I want to read it to you. But this I say, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. How are you going to sow tonight? Now here's the clincher that winds up the whole message here. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give as you purpose in your heart. Whatever the purposes of your heart is, that's the way you're going to give. If your heart is corrupted with all kinds of garbage, it's going to shut the door on the spirit and you're not going to be able to give. But as your purpose is in your heart, and you know what your purpose is? Your purpose is to give the love of God to this world. And as you purpose in your heart that your whole job is this, in this world is to be an ambassador and a temple of God, your purpose will be a good purpose, and there won't be any evil purposes taken over your heart, and you will give. Not grudgingly. Grudges won't be taken over your heart. Or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound in every good work. God is sufficient. He has poured out His total sufficiency in you. But if you don't let that total sufficiency and total grace and total victory come forth out of your spirit, brother, you cannot reap it. So the way to reap it is to give, 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 and you'll reap and you'll always have total sufficiency because it will come back on you 100 fold amen hallelujah do you see how important it is to get the victory as it is written he hath dispersed abroad he hath given to the poor his righteousness remaineth forever now he that ministers seed to the sower 
Boast ministers bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Your righteousness, your fruits of righteousness is sown in peace from a heart that is ruled by the peace of God. And then you make peace. Being enriched in every good thing to all bountifulness, which calls through us, through us, thanksgiving to God, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. We should be able to thank God for that. We should be able to thank God and sing aloud now for this great and mighty victory that He has given to us. We thank God for this all sufficiency. We thank God for this pure life. We thank God for this victory in Christ Jesus. We thank God for salvation. We thank God for healing. And I believe that thanking and praising God is the language of faith. In Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? We thank God. For the administration of this service. Not only supplieth the want of the saints. But this abundance also. By many thanksgivings unto God. While by the experiment of this ministration. They glorify God for your professed subjection. Your professed. Brother, you're professing a total subjection, a total subjection unto the gospel of Christ. God wants you to subject yourself totally, spirit, soul, and body. He wants you to subject yourself to the gospel of Christ, to the good news of Christ. He don't want you to hold back nothing, nothing. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift, his exceeding abundance, abundance that is in you. Did you know that God has given you, he's given you, this is a bold statement, he's given you, my brother, everything that he's ever going to give you. Can't give you anymore. He's given you, Peter says, everything that pertaineth to life and godliness. When you got born of that incorruptible seed inside of you you've received the life of God the only thing that keeps it from coming out and you actually knowing it in the physical walk of your life is what you do with your heart